0: Varel, welcome back. Pulling in the six. We're going to start quickly. You don't even need an introduction by now. You might have been upgraded to temporary co host. <laughs> temporary co host? I've gone backwards. Not ready for co-host. It's actually a demotion, in In other words, <laughs> after your recent performances. And um, another set of players we could demo mm. are the Toronto Raptors. Varel. How does a second seed who possesses Kawhi Leonard lose to dictated lottery team in the playoffs? Two words, Kamal.
1: Kyle Lowry. Um, we can move on to the next segment if you want. I think there's...
0: No, no, say your spiel because no, no, this no. episode I'm going to defend Kyle Lowry and I'm going to say that what this... He can be... Finals MVP, and this is not a Stephen A. Smith hot take, because let me tell you something, Morale. He is more than box
1: score. The the podcast must really be struggling if, if we're going for such distorted and warped views.
0: I don't know maybe, if you're drinking your yeah, cold water know, now because of this what, hot take.
1: You watching yesterday? Um, because you know the, the Rockets.
0: I was watching was
1: pretty good. Um, at
0: the
1: Raptors game. Kyle wasn't. He didn't seem to be particularly on this game. Please explain this uh, theory that you have going.
0: I was watching a game where Larry had the biggest plus minus out of all the players on the Raptors. He was plus 11 on the court. He dished seven assists and he got eight assists, in fact. Right. And three steals. Yes, he went 0 for 7. He didn't score a single point. However, the fact was he was getting open looks. He had 6 open looks from 3 yesterday. Now, he gets that next game he won't miss, right? This was an off night on the shooting range for him, but the fact he's getting those looks is what's important. It's like in football, I, I, if like, as long as you're getting the chances, you always have an opportunity. Like, and that's it, it, why it, it, Kyle Lowry will bounce back the next game, get series MVP and has a chance to get finals MVP.
1: Yeah. No, it's a very good point you make. However, the thing you have to bear in mind is how many times are we going to forgive the man for essentially underperforming in the playoffs? I completely agree. He did take some very good shots, but why does it always seem to be the case that... Like, there's there's uh, at least three or four games that I can remember where he only made like one or two field goals in the past couple of years in playoffs time. So, although you have the mentality that eventually those shots are going to fall down. You have to ask yourself, is there a mental block there? That's the only thing that I would um, be able to argue. I do agree, he did take good shots, but it seems to be something ingrained in
0: his mentality.
1: I, I, I don't know if you would agree with that.
0: Well, my grand opinion is, and I think what's interesting is that Durin was the playoff struggler. Lowry was never... The playoff struggler in this side if you look at past statistics it was always DeRozan ever Kyle Lowry he may have gone a couple of duds but on the set he still contributed with his box score with his rebounds his assists his steals Lowry is more than his box score when he's on the court the Raptors play better and that was shown by his plus minus I don't care if we didn't have Lowry we would have lost that game by even more That's, I
1: see where you're coming from, but he is a point guard, and typically you would see a point guard have a better plus minus than all the other players on the court. So the question you need to ask is, not whether Lowry is a playoff choker maybe, but if he was replaced by another point guard in that system, would then the Raptors be a more successful team? And I think the only answer with the depth in the point guard position in the NBA is yes, Frankly, yes. He is expected well, like the I for me. There's a difference for, for like assists and when it comes to great point guards. A lot of point guards can get uh, eight, nine, ten assist games, but there are only a handful, possibly up to six or seven, po- probably shorter than that actually. But who can actually make game-changing passes or passes that aren't just simple? it to the open corner man and larry is a very good passer but those eight assists weren't you know he essentially generates two points himself by uh just an excellent find. so again you can you can feel free to disagree with that but i wouldn't say like plus minus um it's not although it's one of the better statistics to rely on it doesn't say a lot for example classically somebody like k thompson um, always underperforms when it comes to steals and blocks and plus minus generally because again a lot of what he does doesn't show up and I know that's the argument you're making for Carl Lowry I do agree in a lot of respects with his hustle and
0: he's a floor general at the end of the day yeah and he, the fact that the player, he but- often gets the assist to the assist yeah no that's true um, and if we just go over last year actually um, just to dispel this myth of him Choking in playoffs Right Can you Give me Maybe to the nearest Uh Point Is um Points per game Uh For the 2017 to 18 Playoffs Right Um I'll, I'll reveal But I just want you yeah, To yeah, get yeah,
1: Because Obviously get they got Spiked by the Cavs and Uh Who did they play In the first round Last year
0: Washington Wizards
1: What, what Okay Don't actually tell me The series score But Um
0: that's okay. We're not. Maybe sorry. No points per game. Points per yeah, game. Yeah. So like twenty-two points per game. Uh no, it was 17, 17.4 points per game.
1: Yeah. See, I went on the high side because you asked the question. But again, that's actually still
0: surprisingly high, given uh. It's good. And he shot forty-four percent from three, oh, and eighty-one wow. percent from the free throw line. Eight and almost nine assists a game.
1: That sounds like a phenomenal rec- uh, playoff. Sport. I mean, yeah. you don't expect that. It's um.
0: Yeah. It's. He's a good playoff player, and I think we'll see that next time. But in any sense, he of course wasn't the only guy to blame. I mean, a lot of people were saying that in the first place you shouldn't be in a tight game with the Orlando Magic. In your opinion, was this a case of DJ I've got? Agust- so we just have to consider was this Terrence Ross's doing? Or oh, dj augustine's magic managing to destroy the raptors or oh, did yeah, the raptors it... show up
1: yeah um funnily enough we did talk about it the other day the players we thought needed to show up alongside vucevic and dj augustine was probably the guy we left out we talked about terence ross gordon evan fournier California. yeah and i guess it's the one name we didn't mention um I really hope, for Toronto's sake, that, yes, it was a one-off, but um, you probably saw more of the game than I did. Is there anything you particularly took away, like, offensively and defensively, or in in terms of any players? Because I wouldn't really be able to tell you.
0: Well, surprisingly enough, Terence Ross was actually very cold. He kept jacking up a lot of shots. He went two for 11 in the end. Oh, wow. um, In a pretty poor poor... performance. But DJ Augustine was just phenomenal. I mean, the way he managed to bamboozle two all-star caliber defenders in Kawhi and Gasol for that final three, and it was such a cold three. Um, you know, you go to a stadium like Toronto's and you just ignore the crowd and you just sink that dagger. Yeah,
1: especially with the cold, icy weather up there as well. Like That's an extra... Like, yeah, I mean, that affects the stadium a lot as well. You're
0: surprised he's just not slipping oh, all over no, the place. But yes, well-
1: icy, icy, my friend.
0: So, but do you think that that was maybe a case of the inconsistent magic players being consistent all at one time and delivering all at once? Do you think it's sustainable? I mean, I think as we have to finish with, does this affect our prediction of this series being?
1: Um, it's an interesting question. I think I would be better pleased to answer it once I actually see a full game. I think I only saw, like, three, four-minute highlights, so I'm not, like, I don't think I'm in a position to say for certain, but, um, you know, we back ourselves as pundits, don't we? And considering the fact that Ladbrokes took a hefty chunk of my change, um, I'm I'm willing to say that, yes, the 4-1 is still on the cards.
0: Fair enough, and I fully agree, and I think Lowry will bounce back five eight um, next time up so of course the raptors surprisingly weren't the only team to play in playoffs uh which other team shocked you we already spoke about the nets destroying uh the 76ers but which other result particularly caught your eye
1: um this is going to sound like a bit of a surprise but the rockets game i before the tell me more yeah so uh before the game one thing that I was really pondering was what kind of matchups they were going to have because Houston are an absolute nightmare matchup problem when they have their starting five, which tends to be at the moment. So it's James Harden, Chris Paul, uh, PJ Tucker with Eric Gordon, four guys who are about six foot five, six foot six. Well, CP three is a little bit shorter. And so unless you have three really mobile guards on those guys, it's you're almost accepting at that point um that whoever's got the uh lankier forward on them they're probably going to go off for twenty or twenty five and when it comes to James Harden specifically, so I believe that any team that can beat Houston needs to have a James Harden stopper, and
0: do you see anyone on the jazz who could potentially do yes. that in the upcoming tell I,
1: me I absolutely do Jay Crowder. See, the thing with Ricky Rubio, he is a very good defender normally against other point guards, but it's basketball, and with any sport, it's all about matchups. And frankly, he's not quick enough laterally and bulky enough to stop James Harden's drives. Now, I don't know if you saw the game, but he did contest uh, Harden's threes really well by doing the Scottie Pippen tactic. He kind of uh, stayed on his left shoulder, and his arm was there. He's quite a lanky point guard. So he was contesting it. But frankly, it just doesn't matter for Harden. It's almost like he shoots just as well, contested or if not even better. So, it's again, this might be controversial because I'm kind of disagreeing with Scotty Pippen saying here. Um, but I honestly believe you can't just accept giving up the drive just to try and contest the three because either James is on or off uh, with those threes. Like, yeah, we'll see how it works out. But yesterday, quite a few times, like Harden cut into the middle and the fact that Rudy Gobert wasn't able to stop the two-on-one. And that's because Rubio was so, so far behind the play because he's just trying to stop the three. And when Harden is in a two-on-one situation and he's got that lob option, it's a lose-lose situation. The worst shot that he's able to take there is a floater and Harden's got a very good floater. So I only see... Well, things...
0: it's interesting enough... If... We, um, yeah, with our the last part the Harden's game could carry over to the playoffs because, as we know, uh, players like DeRozan, De um, and the like really struggle and get shut down. And of course, such that the um, less lenient, maybe, maybe he's, but as we saw, he, he's basically unstoppable and, um, less unless uh, Utah Jazz step up their game defensively. And, you know, I, sp- I suppose even if they focus on him, you've got you've got P.J. Tucker, the best corner three-shooter in yeah, the whole league. Yeah, yeah. Chris Paul, you've got Clint Capella, who's balling out at... Now, actually, on the last podcast as well, we were talking about Clint Capella against Rudy Gobert as a very interesting matchup. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it looks quite even. Yeah. Um, but then again, that's the Jazz's best player cancelled out by Capella. And no, he's still got four more crack players.
1: Yeah, the, the th- that's the thing. So the tactic at the moment is to st- stop James Harden shooting threes. It should be stop him getting in the lane because he's absolutely phenomenal in the lane. He draws so many fouls. And frankly, the only player who has the athletic capabilities, Jay Crowder, who's about six six as well. He's got a very similar physique to Harden. He's not going to get bullied. And he is an incredible defender. Like, the reason he's um, been on the... Losing end of like one-on-one matches, be- uh, one-on-one. Sorry, like defensive offensive matchups before is because he's had to guard somebody like LeBron sometimes, and he's just too short for that. But he's almost the perfect build to stop Harden. And the Frank, the fact that he was so underused, Royce O'Neal was the secondary defender of Harden in that game. It wasn't even Jared That is criminal. And Joe Ingles was on CP3 the whole game. I, I mean, Joe's a fantastic player, but he was. Like, he would he was like a lost little deer out there against cp3
0: they were trying to give him maybe the the kevin love on steph curry treatment yeah, i don't know
1: oh, it, okay i was now. i was like really looking out for his ankles there like
0: uh, they were saying maybe he's a big white guy he can guard a he can guard a small point guard oh, small skillful point guard. This, um who knows it really
1: confused me some of the coaching decisions during this playoffs like anyone with half a brain cell could tell you joe ingles is not fit to guard him and If that means you have to either sit Joe Ingalls or you have to take him to power forward and sit Derek Favors, I'm sorry, that's what you have to do. Even if the Houston play with this lineup for 30, 35 minutes a game, you have to take that step. Otherwise, you're too compromised defensively.
0: Exactly. That's the playoff. You know, you have to adapt to your opponents. And the thing about minute management is extremely stupid. I mean, even Kawhi Leonard only played 33 minutes. And I think okay, are you maybe keeping him fresh for later later rounds? But in c- games like these in Houston against Utah, you know, for Utah, there's not going to be later rounds. You don't need to, you know, rest him. You, you know, you can play him, you can gas him out to the season. Like, there's no issue with that. Yeah, There should be no issue with just playing 40 minutes a game throughout, you know, the 10 or so games they are in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, and um, so I-, I guess my point there was that for Joe Ingles, like, if he doesn't match up, you need to bench him, no matter how good a player is, or you need to bench Derek Favors. I think they thought if we have that length, um, potentially that all, like, on the offensive end, uh, Joe Ingles, he's essentially every three he takes with the fact that um, Chris Paul matches up on him, but that that doesn't even happen. So when Utah are attacking, PJ Tucker was on Joe Ingles, so that's actually a pretty good, like, PJ Tucker can handle him. I think Houston, for once, was smarter defensively than their opposition, which is strange considering a Houston-Utah matchup.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, well, Houston was in a very interesting game. Another brilliant game. The Oklahoma City Thunder. And it, Portland snapped their 10-game playoff losing streak so very surprisingly. And it was mainly down to two key players. I know CJ McCollum... Put, put up 24. He played excellently. But I watched this whole game and I've never seen a player like Damian Lillard. Um, his determination. I mean, he is single-handedly. He wants to drag this franchise. Oh, screaming
1: and kicking it. into the second I rock. mean,
0: no matter how much Portland wanted to choke, he wants this badly. <laughs> I'm not sure if you saw the first three he took and the last three. They were the two absolute daggers. The first, of course, was, from, was basically from the logo. He yeah. just pulled up. First shot of the game. Bang, done. Let's set the tone. And the last three, they were 93, 92 up. And Dame again pulled up from very deep, ice in his veins. Oh, man. Killed Dame right there. I
1: think Dame realized there, like, when he's gonna like release the album, he he needs something a little bit more on his resume. Um, I, I'm surprised he didn't uh, actually mention my fellow countryman, Ennis Cantor, who's bravely stood up. Sorry, that was a second.
0: I'm mentioning and yeah, yeah, yeah. of course when Yusuf Nurkic went down we thought the worst yeah, for Portland the, especially the,
1: with... uh, series, yeah.
0: but Enes Ganta 20 and 18 he the offensive rebounds he took in those last five yeah. minutes like played like Erdogan himself was in the stadium
1: <laughs> mate he was playing like a strong body turk would you ever expected us to say yeah he out muscled Stephen Adams P- probably didn't out-muscle him but at least he got himself in better positions than Steven so um, yeah I'm, I was actually shocked and he probably had a better game defensively as well than offensively um, which is strange to say he was a very yes. gifted offensive player Yes but... we predicted um, yeah.
0: so even our Portland correspondent uh, Samuel predicted that you know both both centres would feast in the paint but it was Adams that were the one that was struggling I mean he put up 17 but that's no, what no. expect from a center like Adams
1: no, Adams did have a good game. It's just, um, yeah. I, I mean, it's I really, did. But I rebounded.
0: you know, he wasn't putting up thirty and fifteen.
1: Yeah. Okay. That that's true. But um,
0: yeah, which game, people may might have expected him to, did, with a poorly, well, we thought Cantor was poor defensively.
1: Right. 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 Did you actually? Um. So did you watch the game?
0: Yes. Yes. And um, me, I watched this game actually in the company of our Portland correspondent, <laughs> uh, Sam <Simon> Jeffries. <laughs> Um and so what one other thing we observed, although Westbrook played well, the um the real star on the team, of course, Paul George, um he and we've noted it before, has not been the same since his shoulder injury. Coming back from that. He went eight from twenty-four from the field. Yeah. He put up twenty six points and three rebounds in the end, but he's not looking the same wow, and especially in the end of game Yeah, he was I mean and I think that is what's gonna put Portland over the edge here. I think it's such a big it's such a big monkey off the back getting that first win because they've lost the last ten playoff games they've got swept the last two years yeah, if you remember that's shocking yeah and honestly I, I i wasn't i have to admit I wasn't a full believer in Portland but um I damn hope so that they've at least
1: yeah I think I would like to clarify something though um Ennis kant has actually called out type one so he's not a big fan of all in fact he said that
0: oh no when i said when i said that i meant um as if erdogan was there to threaten oh, him he was playing was...
1: in the field was he my... <laughs> oh that's funny
0: um... uh, moving on moving on to maybe the previews yeah, um right, yeah. we have a couple of brilliant games in the next couple of days before our next podcast and i think we should look at two in particular the first 76ers against the nets um is my man the '76s coach change up the way his team play.
1: <laughs> I'm starting to ask myself whether the issue is just Ben Simmons because I re-watched some of the film yesterday. Yeah, apparently I do that now. Um, when I was talking about trying to use Ben Simmons off the ball as a cutter, I realised basically he goes down into the block and just stands there. He could be a cutter when he's off the ball. Apparently, I've actually noticed, so I said, oh, uh, maybe the offence would work better. No, it works horribly when he's not the point guard because he just blocks the lane. He doesn't make any cuts. He literally stands there with hands on his knees. So I think you basically now have to just rely on him being the primary ball handler at all times. Hope he can make those passes despite the role man sagging into Mordor and... Uh, defensively, actually, um, JJ Reddick got absolutely just um blasted last time. Spencer was constantly picking on him. Um, I they just need to give more help defense really for JJ Reddick. Um, the paint was far too wide open, and if that means that you're going to give Brooklyn more threes, which um they well they shot very well from three last game, I think that's a sacrifice you're gonna have to make.
0: And that's true. And um, I'm not sure what you think. Um, This is a point actually made by um, Jonathan Van Tobel of the New York Post. Um, right. Something that wasn't really mentioned is the Nets playing Jared Dudley. Um, yes. yeah, the Six foot seven playing at center mm. and forcing, you know, the huge seven foot plus centers of Joel Embiid and Boban to guard in space. And essentially the Nets are able to feast in the paint then because they dragged Beat Boban out of the paint, and the elite shot blockers can't do anything when they were on the three-point line.
1: Uh, absolutely, and yeah, he did make um, Boban ineffective. And if any, if there are any like flat earthers out there, just uh, for a second, I'd like you to look at Jared Dudley and just imagine that's what the globe looks like. Because <laughs> see, I thought he was going to be really soft. Like, I was like, oh, look at him. He, he literally looks like a donut. He's going to get bullied in the post, but he really gave his own, and uh, Boban really struggled to. Beauban should have just been bodying him. Same with Embiid, but um, yeah, they didn't utilize that matchup as much. People of the commentary was saying that perhaps Embiid was still um, wary about his injury, which is why he wasn't going down to the low block. But next game, if he is healthy, I expect um, if they have the same lineup again, I expect Embiid to be in that paint area and just honestly to beast on Dudley because his footwork, again, and his strength is just far too much for him. So I do expect a different result if uh, Joel is uh, healthy.
0: Exactly. Um, I personally would go for the Nets again. I just think...
1: Really? I just...
0: I would go and I'd go them convincingly. I'd say they'd win by another 10 points.
1: Ooh. Their confidence,
0: Ooh. the fact that they always fight and I think that this is their year to progress to the Eastern Conference semi-finals. I think it would be... Right,
1: okay. I know
0: they have such talent, but I think... They haven't got that winning formula yet. And yeah. I think they got shown up in game one. And I don't think they'll because it's changed to make in order to, yeah. make, up, to make up performance. The Nets are simply. Yeah, exactly. um, so, uh, next game, and probably the last game we should look at, is the um, game two of the Raptors against the Magic. We spoke about what happened in game one. Mm. How does Nick Nurse change it up? I can comment more. So if yeah, you uh, honestly,
1: I think you should go through because I, uh, yeah, I can't make too much of a comment.
0: Well, one, I think he's a, he's a few more minutes, as we said, he only played 33, and uh, we've he's been on our uh, load management, if you'll pardon the pun, all <laughs> season long, yeah. Um, and you know, what's the point of that if you're not gonna play him more than 33 minutes in the playoffs, yeah? So, give him a few more minutes, he was good, he showed up. Siakam showed up as well. I mean, a lot of players did show up. And, you know, if that Marc Gasol 3 went in late on, that would have been the game. And that was very unlucky in and out. And we had about five in and outs. We had one stretch where the Nets went 15-0, 15 points in a little stretch. So I think just solve them. I really was, I think I was one of the few people who wasn't worried after game one because those problems are so easily solvable. It's not like we're playing LeBron again and he can just go off whenever he wants. Why, this is a Magic it? team. Exciting and young, but they're not as good as us. They don't have the quality. Yeah. They may pull it off sometimes, but they just do not have the quality and therefore I don't think he needs to, I, apart from playing Kawhi I don't think he really needs to change much. Maybe the late, the late game plays need to change a little bit. I mean, the um, we had 3.4 seconds left to score a three-end Kawhi ended up trying to do a LeBron-esque jump shot from about, uh, from you know near the logo. So maybe fix fix that up. Uh,
1: yeah, but I assault- maybe it's because he's too much of a fun guy. Like I, I reckon he's just having enjoying himself too much, Kawhi. But um, yeah, exactly. Guy, after
0: um... appearing on Sergio Bucker's yeah, yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah, um, yeah. So um. It's been interesting that I didn't know he was on load management the whole season. I mean, it's been two years since the injury.
0: so He missed all the back-to-back games.
1: It's ridiculous.
0: Like, I know it was a yeah, horrific he...
1: injury, but he literally took the whole year out at the Spurs, I thought.
0: But you should also remember that this that helped him get back to full fitness. And one thing that he'll be actually very grateful to the Raptors for and their medical staff is that, yeah his first full season back from a horrific injury.
1: Yeah, that's true. Um, Possibly why they actually... Well, they have to really defer to Kawhi as well, don't they? So if this is coming from Kawhi and he's saying, look, um, I'm not sure if my body can actually deal with this, um, they really have to defer to that choice, don't they? Because, of course, you guys want to be able to sign him in this summer. So it's interesting whether this is coming from the medical staff of uh, Toronto or whether this was an aspect of the trade even so even if this was discussed in the summer saying look Popovich is he's a bloody old geezer and he's trying to make me like force me to play when I don't want to and it's playoff times and being such a fun guy that I am despite that I do want to look after my body so yes
0: um... Popovich the, the old geezer we won't go we won't go too much We, are, in fact we won't go at all into the game two with the Nuggets nice. just uh, give me Predicted, give me a predicted win and by how much to the nearest five oh yeah
1: after again I was completely shocked last game but um yeah uh, Nuggets by four I want to say like so five
0: Nuggets by four I say I'll say um yeah I'll say similar I'll say Nuggets by ten this time okay and as for the other game that's tonight Warriors against Clippers I'm going to say Warriors by 20 again
1: oh. um Yeah, that was interesting actually because I didn't mention Shea uh, Gildress-Alexander. Everything that I predicted about the Warriors-Clippers game happened. So Warriors did block all over them. They did completely out-rebound them and the Clippers did put up a really good showing in the first half. So um, perhaps my...
0: Division Voreal, that's what we call Uh, it. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, Paddy Power not very happy with me after that one. But uh, I'm going to say it's going to be closer this time. Um, Probably Warriors by 10.
0: Great. Well, Varel, that has been another whirlwind look through a whirlwind round of playoffs.
1: Absolutely. As for
0: the podcast, we're going to have, until at least the end of the first round, we're going to try and put out some content every two or three days in order to satiate our growing fan base. Remember to give us five stars on whatever podcast platform you listen to. Subscribe to us, follow us on Twitter, at Six. And show us some love there. Ask us some questions. We love fan engagement. Yeah, we love, you we love
1: fan engagement. But shorties, when you're pulling up outside the crib in Sheffield, this is, like, not even crib number one. This is crib number three. Um, Yeah, that's not that's okay. So, like, I'm loving the fan interaction and all that. I'm getting recognised far too much for my liking. But just, you know, don't pull up outside the house. Uh, yeah,
0: don't, when you see us in the street, just, like... Be cool about man, it. Head Don't down. Make, Honestly, no, these, just
1: head down. Don't look in my direction, please. Thank you.
0: And, and maybe listen to Eminem' "The Why I Am" for the way that we feel right now. Yeah. You'll understand. <laughs> thank you again. Thank you again for listening to another podcast, Ralph. Thank you for uh, be. Thank you for your fantastic performance, despite being, being demoted to temporary co-host. <laughs>
1: no, no worries, man. And I'll take it much my stride. I'll be humble. I'll try to learn from this experience. Uh, so be
0: humble.